A few years ago, one of the kids in my online coaching program said to me, Coach Rebecca, I wish we could just go to a gym and have you as our coach. We would all be so happy and so confident. And that warmed my heart and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be the best. And that comment stuck with me for years. So now I'm going to do something about it. I am inviting gymnasts from all over the country to join me for the first ever Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out confidentgymnast.com for details. Hi guys, on today's podcast, I am going to be doing a little true or false. There is this theory in gymnastics coaching, and this could be there in you know, other scary sports, but there's this theory that if you spot your athletes, meaning that if the coach stands there and physically helps the athlete, that they're going to become dependent upon it and the coach will be standing there for all of eternity, that it becomes a crutch. I hear this so often, you know, kids tell me that they don't want to need a spot or they don't want to try an easier way because they'll get stuck there. And coaches, same thing. I'm not going to spot them because then they'll they'll never be able to do it without me. So I'm going to talk about this concept today and I'm going to, I'm really talking to gymnastics coaches, but any coaches out there can absolutely benefit or any gymnasts who just really want to understand a mental block or a fear and how to get through it, definitely hang out and listen to this episode. But I want you to, I want coaches to know how they can help kids build confidence without standing there forever. All right, let's do it. Welcome to the Perform Happy Podcast, where athletes and their support squad come to learn the secret weapon for sports success. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith. First, I was a scaredy cat gymnast, then a coach. Now I'm a sports psychology expert and a parent. Athletes, whether you're feeling stuck or you're having the best season of your life, I'm here to help you reach peak performance and maximum enjoyment. Today, we are going to talk about spotting. This is for you coaches. Now, I know when I was a coach, there was this rule in my gym that we don't spot on beam. We do not spot on balance beam. And the reason why was because the gym owner said, if you spot on beam, then you'll be spotting on beam every minute of every day for the rest of your life because they'll become dependent on it. So I've heard various versions of this. You know, we don't use mats. We don't stack mats under beams. We don't spot on X, Y, and Z. We don't spot on the floor. You know, like there's just sort of rules that that coaches have put in place because they're like, I stood there for that kid's tumbling pass for three years because I allowed myself to spot. So the spot is the problem. Okay, that's sort of the the common the common thought. Now, what I'm going to talk about is that that's really a myth. And I hear it so much that kids are like, I'm afraid of low beam because if I go to low beam, I'm going to have to stay there forever. Or if I do, you know, if I go to the pit bar, then I'll be stuck on pit bar forever. And that's really a limiting belief. So I was the, I was coaching on beam, not allowed to spot for like seven years. I think I towed the line with this. Finally, there was this one kid who just like I knew that she was such a kinesthetic learner and she needed to feel. She needed a drill. She was the kind of kid who like 
You can explain it, you can demonstrate it, but this girl just needed to be like carried through the skill in order for it to click in her mind. I knew this about her because I paid attention. And all kids are different, you know? So those kinesthetic learners, they need spots more than others because they need to get the feeling in their body in order to feel confident. So she was working on her back handsprings. She was fully physically ready to do a back handspring on a high beam, but she just couldn't get there. And so finally I was like, come here. (laughs) And I was like, I'm just going to break the rules. And I spotted this kid. I spotted her on a back handspring on the low beam. I caught her in the middle. I helped her feel exactly what it should feel like in the middle, where her hands were, how strong her shoulders were pushing, what was happening in her core. And then she stepped down. We did it one more time. I caught her in the middle. She got to feel it. And then she did it by herself. She got up and she did it on the high beam. I mean, those little bridges can be so critical. And if you're ever coaching a gymnast who's dealing with a little bit of additional fear. Some people call it a mental block. I like to call it a dip in confidence, just where there's there's just not enough confidence. And, and they know that if you stood there, that they'd probably be able to go for it. Now, I'm not saying everyone needs to spot all day, every day on beam. But what I'm saying is that those blanket policies, they can really slow you down because sometimes that kinesthetic learner just needs a bridge to get it. They need a win. They need to feel a success. So when you're dealing with, let's say, a beam fear, what happens is the brain has gone into high alert and the brain has become overprotective. And even though that skill is physically safe, the brain is actually cutting circuit to the body and saying, nope, don't do it. Because that's its job. If there's any kind of threat potential, the brain is going to go, nope, don't do it. You cannot do this. So then, you know, you saw this kid do a beautiful back handspring on the low beam. You're like, great, go to high beam. They get up there, they freeze. You're like, I know you can do it. Just like, come on, go for it. And they can't, they physically can't do it. And they don't know why. And you're like, what are you afraid of? And they're like, I don't know. It just isn't working. And then the coaches get really frustrated. So in those moments, coaches kind of go one way or another. Well, there's a lot of different ways. But what I hear most from the athletes I work with is that often the coaches will go, like, just do it. Just stay up there until you go. Or if you don't do it, you have a rope climb because they're like, I got to motivate this kid somehow. Or, okay, all you level threes, watch this girl. Like there's that motivation, quote unquote. Or just fine, I don't care what you do, go to low beam. And then they ignore them. Or, or I mean, that's usually where it sort of defaults is like the coach doesn't know what to do, thinks the kid's not trying, and then just sort of bails out. So all of those are not what that kid needs. What that kid needs is to ask their brain, what can I do? Okay, so if we know you can do it on low beam and you can't do it on high beam, that's black and white thinking to think those are the only two options. Now, I know you don't always have time to do the mat moving Olympics and the beam raising and lifting Olympics, but there's always something in between. Always. I'm talking like the little thin mat on top of the beam, a sting mat under the beam, a coach standing six feet away. Like those are the types of things that can allow the brain to relax just enough to get a win, to get some progress. If she's stuck on the low beam and has been there all week, I mean, a stacked up medium beam is a huge success. So I'm going to encourage coaches to open your minds. And consider, okay, if I were to ask her, well, what do you think you could do right now? What's the hardest progression that you can do right now confidently? 
that question will be your best friend. That's the question I ask kids all day. What can you do? Because we get so stuck in the what you can't do and what's not working. We're not spotting and we can't get a mat and no, 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 no. And then the kid's just like, so I'm either stuck on the low beam or failing on the high beam. And that kills confidence. So then the kid starts to think I'm broken. There's something wrong with me. All these other kids can do it so easily and I don't know why I can't. When it's really just that it's these typically sensitive, intelligent kids who are a little bit more predisposed to sense a threat and to get a little tense. So opening up a win for them is what I would encourage. And if that means putting your magic one finger spot up there, I'm all for it. But here's how here's how we don't make this a crutch. You're always wanting to push them out of their comfort zone. Now, the way that I specifically do this, especially with the Perform Happy Athletes that we coach, we do a number system. So we say, how confident are you on a scale of one to 10? If you're a 10 on the low beam, then girl, it's time to move. (laughs) It's time to lose some mats. It's time to move up. If you're a five on high beam, that tells me you are not going to go for it. Anything under a seven, you're sort of setting yourself up for failure. When your brain is in this heightened state, if you're at a six, that means you might chuck and pray and like really hope you don't hurt yourself, but like that's not going to make you feel confident because you still feel terrified. So if you're at a seven, eight, nine, or 10 out of 10, play ball. Your brain will let you go. You are good. So if they're doing that one finger spot at an eight out of 10, it's time to lose it. You help them to figure out what is that progression that you feel nervous You don't really want to do it, but you know for a fact you will follow through. And then they just do numbers, numbers, numbers. How many of those can you get done in a practice? Can you do 10? Can you do 15? What's reasonable? You want them at number seven. Now, here's the other thing that coaches tend to not understand is that let's say she did 15 on a high beam with no spot yesterday. Today, she didn't get enough sleep. She had a terrible lunch. Her friend bullied her. She's got a lot of stress with school and there's a meet in two weeks and she's freaking out. Her number seven progression that day isn't high beam and that's normal. It's normal that a kid has you know a big blow to their confidence in another area and then they go, oh my gosh, I can't do it today. What's wrong with me? Then that negative thinking brings down their confidence. Then the coach is like, what's wrong with you? You did it yesterday. That brings down their confidence. And now here you are on low beam again. So we want to ask in that scenario, what can you do? What can you do right now that's going to get you a win? What can we do that's going to push you out of your comfort zone, but it's not going to freeze you up? Then she goes and hits a few on medium beam. She's like, oh, that felt really good. Her brain's like, oh yeah, that felt safe. Then she climbs back up to high beam. She's good to go versus coach saying, sorry, you need to do what you did yesterday or don't waste my time. Then she collapses. Okay. So there's, there's a lot to this, but it's not overly complicated. It's the finding those little baby steps. Here's one more example or a couple more examples of baby steps that have worked great. There was a girl who, um, she grew and so her giants got scary and she had been doing giants in between the bars in a competition routine for level seven. And then COVID shut down, came back, taller, can't do it between the bars. So what she could do, you know, what can you do? She went to the single rail bar over the pit. She could do giants all day long. They were gorgeous. Then she'd go to the the single rail with no pit. Totally fine. She was doing great. Then she goes between the bars, can't do it. Her cast turns into like this mushy noodle thing. And it's like, whoa, where's your cast? What happened? And she 
couldn't do it. And she got so frustrated. So I would, I was there and I was like, well, what can you do? She's like, I can do it on the single rail. And what's your confidence number? It's like a nine. It's too easy. What's your confidence number on in between the bars? Three, four, five. So I was like, okay, well, what's in between? And she said, there's nothing in between. And I was like, no, no, there's always something in between. Always. So what we figured out was we grabbed a pool noodle and held that pool noodle out like 10 feet behind the single rail. So she had the world's biggest competition bar set. Her giants were beautiful. Okay, then we took a little step in. Her coach was holding the noodle, actually. He took a step in. Giants are beautiful. Take a step in, cast turns to mush. We're like, okay, that's the point. So he took that step back. She made 15 of those. And for a week or so, she worked on just seeing how close she could get that pool noodle and still allow her brain to feel safe. And she was able to work through it. And then she'd have a day where, ooh, my cast is mushy on the high bar. Let me run over to the single rail, do a couple. Teammate, can you hold this pool noodle? Great, warming that up. Okay, here I am in between the bars and I'm at a seven. Let's do it. Okay, so that's, it takes time though. And I think a lot of coaches also expect you should be able to do three there, three there, then you're on the high beam and we're done. If there is other stuff going on in their life, which for a 12, 13, 14 year old athlete, there's always other stuff going on in their life that's impacting confidence, like always, you have to be flexible. You know, maybe you add that spot, maybe you grab that pool noodle. Those are the types of things that a great coach is going to be considering. Well, what can we do? What's possible? How are we going to figure this out instead of do it my way or get off my beam? That's not useful. Okay, the final little example I'll give you that I just loved this scenario. This this girl who I adore was doing back walkovers on, on she was starting to learn back walkovers on the low beam. And she had been working for two weeks on uh, low beam with panel mats stacked up, trying to do back walkovers. And she could not get her hands on the beam. There was no flexibility issue. She just couldn't get her hands to go on the beam. She was so frustrated. Her coach was frustrated. So I was. her coach was like, well, you go work with her and figure out what's going on. So I was like, okay, go get some chalk on your hands. So she did a back walkover with chalk on her hands. So it left these handprints on the mat. And it was like super wide. Obviously, these hands were nowhere near the beam. So then I was like, great, let's try to get your hands a little closer. Now, it wasn't get your hands on the beam and be perfect. It was let's get your hands a little closer. So she gets a little more chalk, she does back walkover, and her hands are a little bit closer. And I was like, yes, good job. And she looked at me like, huh, that's not good. Like my hands are not on the beam. I was like, no, no, no. We're just going to get a little closer. And you did it. Okay, go get a little more chalk. So she chalked up again. And her hands, next one, were a little closer. Now she's got her thumbs on the beam. And I was like, you have your thumbs on the beam. This is incredible. She looked at me like I was crazy. But I'm like, those progress is what gets you there. When Especially when you have a you know, low confidence around something. You don't believe you can do it. If you get closer, you're like, what? I can, huh? Oh my gosh. So she went and got chalk. Next one, her hands are on the beam. May have taken five or six, you know, chalked hands, inching them in. But that's the way that you want to coach is just get a little better. Don't be in that high beam or low beam and nothing in between. Figure out the gray area, figure out the baby step because that's going to build confidence and it's going to allow those kids to feel like they can do it. And if you can just like put aside your ego of where they should be or could be or would have been and say, oh my gosh, your thumbs are on the beam. Yes, we're on the right track. Then you're going to speed them up so much, so much more. Grab that pool noodle, give them the one finger spot. Like I'm telling you, it is so worth it. Then you keep them accountable to, if you're a nine out of 10, 
you are like no more pool noodle, no more spot. It's time to move. And that's your job as a coach too, is to lovingly keep moving them out of their comfort zone. And then mama can catch them after practice. Okay. Okay. I hope that helps. If you guys have any questions about, you know, how to coach a kid through fear, this is the thing I'm most passionate about in life. Reach out. Thank you for hanging out with me today and I will see you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Perform Happy Podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence, and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.